Welcome to the Happy Nervous System Podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Delahook. What we know about mental health is rapidly changing, and I help you stay up to date on the major paradigm shifts from dating to love to parenting. Get ready to learn about your body, regulate your nervous system, and improve your life and relationships with ease. Let's jump in. Welcome back to the Happy Nervous System Podcast. This is Kendra Delahook. Super happy you're here. Uh, We do have a very interesting and educational podcast episode today. I interview a male's health specialist and we get into a few different topics that are directly related to men's physical and mental health. And as you know, I say we cannot separate the two. And so I was really excited to have an MD on the podcast to really go over how mental health is linked with um, physical health. So Dr. Justin Human is a urologist and a fellowship-trained men's health specialist whose practice is focused on male reproductive health, hormone management, and sexual dysfunction. As a minimally invasive microscopic surgeon, he specializes in vasectomy reversals, sperm retrievals, and penile implants, Peyronie's disease, and male incontinence. Dr. Human has published multiple manuscripts on men's health, male fertility, and the health effects of wearable technology. His research has been presented at the national and international levels. It is a treat that we get to have him. I hope it's very informative for you. This is definitely one to share with any men in your life who care about their health and well-being. Enjoy, and you can find Dr. Human on social media platforms that I have put in the show notes. And also, it'd be really fun to record a follow-up with him. So if there are any topics we didn't cover, or if you have any follow-up questions, Give us a follow at roya.wellness on Instagram and shoot me a DM and yeah, we'll, we'll set something up. Enjoy. So Dr. Herman, so, so excited to have you here and jump into a few fun topics. But before we get started, I would love to know, um, is there anything you've been doing lately that helps you have a happy nervous system? Thank you for having me. Um, I'd say actually since the new year, um, I've been trying to do uh, one of two things in the mornings and I kind of, I switch back and forth. So in the, uh, either I do a morning stretch, I don't know, like five, 10 minutes. There's these apps that I use that help me loosen my body in the morning, which, you know, it really benefits you. It makes you feel not just mentally, but physically throughout the day, you actually feel it and has a compounding effect throughout the course of the, the, the days and the weeks. And the days I don't do that, um, I've been trying to meditate. I used to do meditation a lot. I've kind of been not so disciplined about it over the last year or two, but just five, 10 minutes every other day for now. And again, you notice a benefit, not immediately, but over the course of the last week or two, you can really start to tell a difference. I love that. I love that. I also love that you don't meditate for hours at a time. I think it's a myth that we need to, you know, become monks with meditation, but just a few minutes makes a difference. So I love yeah. that. Yeah. Great. Awesome. And stretching. That's also incredible. Cause I think it just can instantly connects you to your body. So I love that. 
Yeah, yeah, it just loosens your body. I think yeah. stress, and, stress and all that stuff tightens the body just enough where this counteracts that. Yeah. Okay, so before we get into a few questions, can you share just a little bit of background as to why you got into men's health? Yeah, so um, men's health, it's somewhat of a newer specialty within the field of urology. So I'm a urologist. I did urology residency and I spent a year doing a men's health fellowship. And men's health is pretty broad. It's the way to think about it. It's really, you help guys who have any sexual dysfunction or sexual problems and then reproductive issues. So male fertility is a big component, uh, low testosterone, erectile dysfunction, sexual dysfunction. Those are the types of things. And no one really addresses these topics. There's no field in medicine that really taps into that 20 to 50 year old age range. And I thought it's a unique opportunity uh, to get into, you know, to talk to patients. Obviously I'm not, you know, I'm in that age group myself. So um, I relate to these patients and I, you know, when you see that there's a problem, there's easy fixes to these. Um, It was a unique opportunity. And obviously it's very satisfying to help guys uh, with these quality of life issues. Yeah. Yeah. Super interesting. And so needed also. For sure. For sure. There's definitely a lack of, I mean, it's becoming more and more common, but definitely it's um, right now there's, it's very much needed. So I really preach on this podcast and with all the clients that I see that we can't separate physical health from mental health, that they are linked. And it's so important when we're talking about one to bring in the other. So I'm curious, what are the main mental health issues or questions that you hear and see when patients come and visit you at the office? So mental health is actually, there's a big component to this when it comes to men's health, especially younger, younger guys. So it's becoming more and more common. You see guys under the age of 25, under the age of 30, who who have erectile dysfunction. And almost 100% of the time, this is, there's nothing physiologically wrong with them. There's not a blood flow issue. There's not really a testosterone issue. You know, the, the erections work fine, but then there's the mental aspect. And that's a part that, uh, I've been seeing it over the last few years. It's becoming way, way more common. And it's a number of things. It's um, pornography is impacting it. That's a big one. And then mental health, obviously. But what happens is guys will have a bad sexual experience, whether it's due to alcohol, um, whether it's chronic uh, masturbation due with pornography, all these things. And when you have a bad experience, the next time, you know, the each time after that, they develop a level of anxiety, stress. It becomes this very, very vicious cycle where it just gets worse and worse and worse. And some of these guys, I hate to say it, they've been dealing with this for years and they're really in, um, I don't want to say a black hole, but they're really in a, in a tough situation where it's, it takes months to really help them come out of there. But the anxiety, especially with sexual dysfunction, I mean, that connection is very real. And unfortunately, there's not one specialty that could treat this. It's You have to see numerous doctors with numerous specialties in order to attack this and make things better. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's a multi-layered issue and it's also a huge reason why I think a lot of males in that age range also reach out for therapy. Um, a lot of therapists listen to this. So I know a lot of us work with men who struggle with this, with performance anxiety, not just sexually and in the bedroom, but in, in other areas because stress plays such a huge role in it. Huge, huge, huge. So how often do you feel like you kind of put on a therapist hat when you're listening to these issues? I'd say every time. 
Every uh, time. Wow. Yeah, every time. You have to at least introduce them to the idea of that this is. So, I mean, the way I, I approach it is you introduce them to the idea. Well, first of all, you have to rule out, make sure everything else is fine, right? The things that could cause erectile dysfunction, you try to make sure, you know, reassure them and, and basically make sure that those things are all okay. And once you figure out that there's a psychological uh, component to this, a mental component, that's when you introduce them to the idea of, hey, listen, this, there, you know, like it could be a psychological issue. It could be, um, there may be a mental aspect to this. And then I try to help them with it as much as I can, but I work with sex therapists here in Los Angeles who specialize in this. So I introduce them to the idea and then make them feel comfortable with the idea of talking to a sex therapist. And, you know, when we, when we work together, myself and the sex therapist, um, it's much more successful in order to help their problem. Wow. wow. So do you frequently collaborate with sex therapists? With your Yeah, patients? a lot, a lot. Actually, wow. for younger guys, big time. Yeah. Yeah, majority of the time I, I work with them because again it's I mean you really have to attack you know attack this from multiple angles yeah yeah definitely also I'd love your insight on medication and how often you know you involve medication and if that plays because I know all the systems are related so um, I do hear quite a bit um, from men specifically that they're nervous to go on an antidepressant um, for their mood because it might impact their libido and drive. So I'm curious how often you incorporate uh, medication. Medication for erectile dysfunction? Erectile dysfunction, yes. Yeah. So, you know, when it comes, if, if guys come in and they're having sexual dysfunction due to you know, being on medication, like you talked about, antidepressants. I always, you know, I'm, I'm not going to alter the antidepressant medications because obviously that's more important, but there's ways in which we could work hand in hand, or at least boost up their libido, boost up their erectile function while maintaining or while staying on those antidepressants, therefore finding a nice balance. But yeah, I mean, you have to really, you have to consider the whole bar, the whole body. Um, obviously the, the mental aspect is more important than the, the sexual performance. Yeah. Definitely should come first. Um, so going back to the nervous system and the role that the stress response plays in libido, but also in just the role of pleasure for both females and males, can you share with us how you think the nervous system is involved in arousal and libido? So, I mean, it's incredibly, it plays a massive role. Number one, I mean, the, the big one being hormones. So we know that testosterone plays a role, not just in um, sexual or erectile function, but also in libido, right? Sex drive. So the same, the same precursor hormone that goes to testosterone production, that's the same one that goes to cortisol, which is the stress hormone. Now, if when guys are stressed out for long periods of time, as you can imagine, you're going to start producing more cortisol, which means you have less testosterone. So guys who are chronically stressed out, um, they're not sleeping well, obviously sleep again, plays a big role in testosterone production. So essentially it shuts down, it shuts down many of the important elements that are involved in you know, good sexual performance, libido, erectile function, um, all of those things. So I can't stress it enough. I mean, you, you know, that, 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 being stressed out. And unfortunately, it's a vicious cycle. Like I said earlier, it's you have a bad sexual. And when guys are younger, it really gets into their head. 
But when you have a bad experience and you think about it, it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And, you know, sometimes you walk into these, uh, the patient room and you, you could just, you feel, you feel the anxiety, you feel the stress, it's palpable. Um, and it's very disheartening, but um, it's not that uncommon. I'll say that for number one. Um, and the good thing is there's tons of solutions for this. So it's very, it's common and it's, um, we know how to address it. Yeah. And the way that I work, I focus on a lot of body up practices. So really, you know, somatic therapy across the board. But I think when, especially with performance and performance anxiety, using some tools that focus on thoughts like CBT can be really helpful. Cause like you said, it's a torturous cycle once you have that first bad experience and the brain does not forget a bad experience. So it can keep you in that cycle, which I don't think that's common knowledge, um, the relationship between cortisol and testosterone. So I'm really glad you shared that. Yeah. Yeah. I learned that recently, actually. Wow. Wow. So is it safe to say the more you take care of your, your body and your health and your mental health, the better sex you'll have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big believer in that. Absolutely. I mean, I think the mental aspect in everything, right. Stress is, it plays such a huge role in our day-to-day life, not just in terms of our relationships with people, our friendships, our relationships with our partners, but sexually, you know, sexual function as well. I mean, I noticed it as I've advanced through medical, you know, my medical career, there's parts where, you know, I've been incredibly stressed out and you notice the types of things that the, the changes that take place in terms of my mood, um, my sexual drive, all that stuff. So yeah. by figuring out how to balance and counteract and meditation, stretching, whatever it is, these are the types of things that we can do to help um, manage our stress. Mm-hmm. Definitely. What would you say are the top tips you're giving your patients lately to manage cortisol levels and stress? It's a good question. So, you know, I, I don't delve too deep into these things, to be honest. But um, when, when people do ask, there's certain things that you can do supplement wise, there's certain things that you could do from a lifestyle standpoint. But it, the best thing I tell patients is, you know, eat, sleep and move, right? So eat well, just a good balanced diet, minimize the processed foods, so lean proteins, fresh fruits, fresh vegetables, and then complex carbohydrates. Sleeping wise, you always try to get at least seven, sometimes as long as it's above six, that's important. And then exercise wise, at least five times a week, 20 minutes of exercise that that's just the beginning, right? That's just the start of all of this. And then like we talked about meditation, stretching, um, and then there's some supplements out there that could help as well. Ashwagandha is one that a lot of my patients like to use because it decreases your stress and they've done studies where it helps increase your testosterone levels as well. So combination of all those things, but each person's a little different. Each person's lifestyle is a little different. And um, it's, you try to simplify it as much as you can, but eat, sleep, and move is the best way of describe it. The best way of that I describe it. I love that. Love it. Um, another topic that comes up quite frequently on this podcast, but also in the clients that I see, it's finding the right exercise and movement for your body. And I think in our culture, we push these very intense hit workouts and extreme forms of exercise. 
and I'm, I know it's a little different with males and females because of our different hormone balance, but do you have any ideas or tips on helping men choose a form of exercise that will benefit them and their testosterone levels? Yeah. So most guys, I mean, they, they ask me, how do I ex- boost my testosterone levels through exercise? And yeah. there's, there's two ways of doing it Two I mean, scientifically proven ways of doing it. Number one, it's compound muscle exercises. So exercises that work out multiple muscle groups, and then ideally the large muscle groups, so your chest, your back, and your legs. So um, deadlifts, squats, pull-ups, push-ups, and bench press. Those are the, those are the good ones for, from a compound muscle exercise group. And then the other one is actually a hit, like we talked about that does boost up your testosterone levels as well. And there's different ways you could do hit, but you know, take one minute of exercise, one minute of rest, one minute of exercise, one minute of rest. That's the easiest way. Some guys do four minutes and four minutes on four minutes off, but that back and forth of uh, increasing your heart rate, decreasing heart rate, increasing your heart rate um, could boost up your testosterone levels too. So those are the two ways um, that I generally recommend uh, exercise for boosting your testosterone levels. Great tips. Really, really helpful. How about we switch to um, talking a little bit more about testosterone because education is a really important piece of this podcast. Can you provide us with just a very mini masterclass of what testosterone is and why it's important? Yeah. So I'm, I'm a huge believer in testosterone. Um, I've seen the impact if guy comes in with low testosterone. I've seen the impact of their mood, their um, the relationships with others, their sexual performance, their energy drive, all of that. Um, I've seen the impact by boosting up their testosterone to normal levels. It makes a huge impact. So there've been a lot of studies on testosterone. And unfortunately, at the beginning, the first study that was published on testosterone, it was very poorly done. And therefore, there's has a stigma associated with it, has a black box warning on it um, for potential stroke, potential heart attacks. And which, you know, those do happen. I don't want to say that's not, but as long as you're doing it under the watchful eye of a, of a physician you're do, and you're getting your regular blood work checked and you're not overshooting, you're not going super therapeutic, we call it, where you're going to, to the thousand levels of testosterone, you will have a good benefit to it. Um, they've done studies where they've compared guys who, like, let's say a 50 year old guy um, who has normal testosterone levels versus the same exact 50 year old guy with low testosterone levels. The guy with the normal testosterone levels, he's at decreased risk of heart attack, decreased risk of stroke, and then he's going to live longer because he has the energy, the vitality in order to go out there and socialize, which is good for your mental health, exercise, which is good for your heart health, all of those things. So um, it's not uncommon. We know that generally we say your testosterone levels decrease one to 2% starting at the age of 35. So some people, it's a much faster fall. Some people, it's a slower fall, but it's very important for a lot of functions for guys. And if you are experiencing, anyone can read about, there's you know, five to 10 of the main symptoms associated with low T, some of the ones I just described. If you are experiencing those, it's not a bad idea to get your blood work checked to see if you are experiencing low testosterone. Yeah. Yeah. So super important. It impacts very, every very, single system of the body, right? Very, very important. Yeah. Yeah. Outside of libido and drive, what would you say are just like the two or three most important functions of testosterone? 
So energy, it gives you energy. Like a lot of guys will be like, I come home from work at four or five o'clock and I just need to take a nap. So, you, you know, you check their testosterone levels. They're in the 200s. You, you, you get them back into that four or 500 range. And, you know, they're basically able to continue throughout the day. Um, the other one is exercise. So the beautiful thing about testosterone is, or at least the way I preach it is, it's, it's easy for me to boost your levels to get you to that normal range that you should be at. But once you're there, that's when you have to start doing the things that you used to do or the things that will maintain this good quality of life. So exercise, sleep, sleep and testosterone is very, very important. Eat right. And then it becomes this, you know, you start gaining this momentum and testosterone will get you to that level, but you're going to able, you're able to maintain that lifestyle with some of the things I just discussed. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So for everyone listening, it's just so, so important and keep an eye out for everything that you've, you've shared, just the little signs that your testosterone may be out of whack, out of balance. Exactly. Exactly. Love it. Okay. So final question before we let you go, and this comes up so often across therapy rooms across the U S is there a normal sex drive? Thoughts, <laughs> thoughts on that? Yeah, this is a, it's a, it's a complicated question. I'd say if you or your partner want to have, so it, it, it depends if you're single and if you're in a relationship, but you have to have some level of agreement if you're in a relationship in terms of your sex drive. And if you feel that one is on one end of the spectrum and the other is truly on the other, and there's this big, big disconnect, um, I'd say that's when I would say maybe there is some abnormality in terms of your sex drive, but the normal sex drive range, if you will, is very broad, right? It's very broad and it varies. It varies throughout the course of the, the year, right? You know, the seasons, the months, people, people have different, sometimes for weeks on end, their, uh, their sex drive is very high and other times, you know, it takes a little bit of a rest. So there is that natural fluctuation to it. Most people have normal sex drives, right? Most people fall under the normal sex drive range. And is, are there any qualifiers for what is normal in the medical community? Or is that, again, based on the person? It's based on the person. It's all relative to the person in the context of their life and their relationship. Those are the components. But if you see that there's a disconnect, again, it's impact, negatively impacting the relationship, then that, that's, I would say that's when it requires further investigation to see if there's something hormonal abnormality going on that could be um, causing these issues. So many people compare and even couples compare, especially when there's mismatch sex drive. It's tough. It's an issue. It's a big issue in relationships, but I always say it's so important to identify your normal. And as long as you feel connected and it feels good for you, then you're in the right spot. But if something's off, then that's a different story. What there you go. You that's actually, that's well said. Yeah. There's ways in which, right. There's ways in which you could connect without sex, but if you feel like you're, you're lacking that component, then that could be an issue. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much. This was all very, very helpful. Where can our listeners find you? So my practice is here in Beverly Hills, but I have a social media presence. You could just look me up on, on Google, Justin Human, MD. My last name is H-O-U-M-A-N. And I have a lot of information on social media, on my website. But yeah, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here. And I'll put your Instagram and website in the show notes. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much.